Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that are a little rough around the edges. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Rough around the edges compared to the typical Hollywood movies. See, that was a butthole joke, Ira. Rough around the edges. Hey, that's really good, Robert. And the reason you you're saying that is this week, the movie we're discussing is... Pleasure. Pleasure. Which is an interesting title for the movie, you know? Mm. And our, our top five this week is... In, in over, over Their Head movies. Their heads movies. In Over Their Heads movies. I like that. That was a good one. Wait, is it in over their... I think it's in over their head, right? Heads well, movies? Okay, yeah, it's plural, so there's multiple... It could... Yes, but head can be singular. Uh, there. We have the word there. In Over yeah. Their Head movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, in they Over Their are, Head what, movies. This is the pronoun thing, right? Because we're... Yes. We're so... Yeah. We're very receptive to people's pronouns. We want to make sure that we're not offending yeah. anybody. Yeah, that, that's a sensitive area. You know, you we know, want we're to like make sure scho- that- we're like scholars. We have high level thinking, and now we're going to talk about a movie about a lady who was fucked in the ass with two cocks. What was the top five last week, Ira? <laughs> ah, last week, last week. Um, and they were uh, weird movies. I love our listeners. Let's share some, shall we? Please. Okay, one of our favorite listeners. Well, she also said. On her own. She does this before she even listens to our podcast. Rubber! It's about a car tire. It kills people. Super fucking weird. Yeah, we already included that one. Color of Night, that Bruce Willis movie, she said totally weird. Are you familiar with Color, Color of, Night. of Night? Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't think that was that I weird. I didn't think that was weird. I don't know why she said. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's pretty weird. Yeah. And then she said Weird Science because she was playing with the title. Weird uh, Science. Yeah. yeah all right, you know all right. You know, it just reminded me, um, Edward Scissorhands is a pretty weird movie when you step well, back and think about it. Like, that's, I had that on my screen. pretty school. weird. And again, I thought that was about a weird character, but was the movie weird? Yes. I, I mean, know. it's about a guy who has scissors for hands yeah. and the whole town is like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's uh, <laughs> just a little misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way the lawns were so beautifully manicured. Yeah. Remember that? Well, yeah. He manicured them. Yes, with his scissor hands. Mm. One of our other favorite listeners said, you're going to love this. Robert Cannon has a sexy voice when he's sick. A little, by the way, you're sounding better. You're, you're sounding I better. am. I'm feeling a whole lot better. Yeah. Good, good, good. And then he said something that's kind of interesting. And this is something I meant to broach last week. A little inconsistent between uh, revol- re- revising history of Tarantino and the parody of Weird. And remember we spoke about Tarantino's last film, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it takes certain liberties and it can be misunderstood and give false impressions about w- what really happened versus the parody of but it wasn't Weird just the, It wasn't just the movie. It was also uh, Inglorious Bastards with the yes. killing of, of oh, and going uh, back to Hitler. And, yeah. And I really appreciate that comment because I think by extension, you could pose the same argument. Well, yeah, this one went into parody, and the others, whether it's JFK or Inglorious Bastards, it could be misleading and give false information to moviegoers. I, I, right. I get that point. Yeah, I do. Um, he said, um, can't I just say D- Terry Gilliam for weird movies? <laughs> he thought all of them would be weird. Yeah, thought, Total Recall, he said, you know, there's a movie called Sweet Movie. Are you familiar with that? No. 
I looked into it, and he says it's billed as sallow, but was a rom-com. It's a weird little film, sweet movie, so he mentioned that. But then he rattled off his top five favorite weird movies. Midsommar, watching this in the theater, a man screamed, what the fuck am I watching? Uh, you saw that, right? Yeah, but I think I would probably, it probably was me screaming that, going, what the but- fuck am I watching? Like, <laughs> Why am I yeah. watching this? Why am I? Why am I watching this? Uh, Videodrome. Yeah. Remember that? That with Deborah Harry. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, that was a that was a mind fuck. Event Horizon. I, you know the whole the whole thing with Midsommar. Everybody, everyone lost their shit over that movie, and it really wasn't that weird. It was like a bunch of teenagers who go to a, you know, a a town that has this ritualistic uh, ceremony every few hundred years, and they happen to be there in the time of this ceremony. So they kind of get wrapped up within all of it and they wind up um, getting sacrificed. It's really not anything that you wouldn't see from Wicker Man. You know, it's the same kind of concept. Right, right. Not exactly a vanilla movie, but I know what you mean. It's not really. There's been a bunch of these kinds of movies. There was another series that came out on HBO that was really, really good. And it was told kind of not backwards, but... um, the same kind of concept where mm-hmm. somebody gets stuck in a town and he can't leave. And I think it was with Jude Law. I'll figure it out. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Videodrome, uh, Deborah Harry. I always had a crush on her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Event Horizon. You and everybody else. Well, yeah, yeah. She was pretty hot back then. One way or another, I'm going to get you. Okay, sorry. Uh, Event Horizon, my first movie he wrote where I couldn't figure out what was reality and what was imagined. He wrote the brand new Testament. Are you familiar with that? A romantic uh, love scene with Catherine Deneuve and a gorilla. Mm. And no. then he wrote Dave made a maze. Are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with it. A Mm-mm. cardboard fort in the living room becomes a labyrinth with crazy consequences. Oh, Dave made a maze. No. And our esoteric listener, um, she said, by the way, she's, Jude, Law, Jude Law was in a series called The Third Day. That was what I was talking about. Oh, that it's was the same what you're kind of, of concept as Midsommar. And uh, we've, we've just seen it before is what I'm trying to say. Got it. Go ahead. Got it. Our esoteric listener. Now, she's had a grudge. Remember, Robert? She's had quite a grudge that she doesn't like our when, when we give away our um, scoops because it's taking hers away. She said, for once, my choices were not named in your top five. So here they are. One Cut of the Dead. Are you familiar with that? I'm not. No. One Cut of the Dead. Then she mentioned a movie called Burning. I'm not familiar with that. She mentioned a movie called Border. But then this next movie, I think you are familiar with, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Yeah. I never saw it, but I know it. Right. And that was, I looked into that, and that was actually a series of shorts, and they made a feature film from it. The movie Brazil. Brazil was certainly weird, remember? And um, mm-hmm. she said, all these are really weird, but very good movies, in my opinion. So that's what she came up with. We thank our listeners. All right. You want to talk about pleasure? And Robert, talk us through it. Pleasure is about a 19-year-old girl who comes from Sweden into uh, the Los Angeles underground porn scene named Bella Cherry. Bella Cherry is hoping to become the next big porno superstar in America. And um, so she kind of gets hooked in with uh, a few, uh, a few other girls, part of like a, an agent uh, who I guess he, I guess the way that it works is the agent lets them stay at, you know, this kind of um, 
a uh, little house for all the different girls that are trying to get in the right. porn industry. And he sets up all the different porn shoots for them and they go out. But Bella Cherry wants to, she wants to be the, the next big thing in the porn industry. And so she's trying to find her way and trying to find a, a name for herself in the process. And, uh, and she winds up getting a little bit in over her head, doing some types of porn that she didn't totally feel comfortable with. And, um, and then I think she finally kind of gets into it. She really starts to become super well-known. But then, of course, we have to ask, is it all worth it? Is this, is mm. this what she wanted in the, in, the, in the beginning? So what do you think? Yeah, yeah, that was good. And I, I want to say it actually has a very high Rotten Tomatoes score at 88%. And it was a darling of Khan and the Sundance Film Festival in, in last year, in 2021. Um, yeah. I... Uh, I like sex. Really? <laughs> I do. I have a very high sex drive. And oh. I was, and I, how surprising. And I was ready. I was ready to see this movie. And I don't like it when I get wishy-washy somewhere in the middle. Going, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. No, I, it didn't. Ultimately, I don't have any lasting impressions. It left me feeling a little bit like, yeah, okay, saw it. I guess it was good. And that's it. And that's it. I think, and I was trying to tell you about this, but I was I was too distracted to be able to, to do. I, I meant to tell you to not yeah. watch any previews. Don't look at anything. Just start watching the movie. Because I right. think you would have enjoyed it a whole lot more if you knew nothing about it. If you just sat down and watched this girl get him involved in the porn industry and not really know where it was going to go or you know what, what the whole you know, what the expectation was from it being a Sundance or con darling or anything like that. Just watching the movie. Yes. But um, Robert, I didn't read any of the reviews and I got this information after I watched it. So I went in pretty Yeah, cold. But you knew what it was about. Before I did. I, yes. You watched yes. It. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I mean. If, if yeah. I had just said, you're going to watch a movie called pleasure, that's it. And you'd go, okay. If you just sat down and watched it, I think you'd have a different approach. I think, I think you, you would have liked it more. And I think you liked it more than I did. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I think there were a lot of really interesting things that they did in the movie. But it, ultimately, I found it predictable. I knew how mm -hmm. it was going to end before it really went into the first act. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, before it was over with the first act, I should say. Um, you know, I, I, we've seen this kind of movie before. Yes, it's a, yes. Small uh, town girl. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's always a, um, what do they say? Uh, a magical frog in an ordinary pond or an ordinary frog in a magical pond. And it, this was, this was a ordinary frog in a magical pond. And we kind of know how it's going to end by the, right. By the right. Of, you can kind of read the, the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. But I did think that there was a lot that was really good about it. I think uh, there were a couple of there were a couple of moments that I thought a weaker film would have done differently. I mean, okay, so for example, part of what she decides to do, uh, Bella Cherry decides that she's going to become known as like the the BDSM uh, niche. Like she's going to go out for all these BDSM movies and. Um, and so she does it. And first of all, I I really liked the way that the 
the porn industry was depicted. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone yeah. kept asking her, are you comfortable with this? Is this okay? Here's your safe word. If this becomes too much, here's your way out. Like, let's talk about all of this up front because that's what you should do. I mean, you should be having those kinds of conversations. And I think anybody that's involved in the porn industry should be, they probably are having those conversations. I don't know. I'm not on that many porn sets, but I got to imagine that they're having that kind of conversation. And if, if you're not, then you're not taken seriously. I mean, you're not a real, uh, you know, no one's going to want to work with you if you're right. not having those kind of conversations. Um, and she got in over her head. She wound up thinking that she could take, you know, degradation and slapping and punching and spitting and everything else. And she couldn't. And then she got all upset with her manager and fired her mm -hmm. manager. And mm -hmm. her manager was like, you told me this is what you wanted me to do. Yes. And she's like, so you're taking their side. And he's like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking? I'm not, I'm on your side, but you, you got to understand, you can't come in here and start saying that these people raped you. You asked for this, like you right. asked for them to do this. And he's totally right. I felt like the manager was a hundred percent dead on right. And, um, and she was, like, I don't know, getting too big for her britches or something. That was a little, um, it, it made me dislike her approach more. But what I guess I'm trying to say is, I think a worse film would have, in those scenes, made the people in the porn industry out to be, you know, oh, we're just gonna, we're gonna chew her up and spit her out. And I don't think they really intend to do that. I don't, I think most people in the porn industry are like, this is just how we make money. And we're just very sex forward and and open about it, and that's just kind of how it is. Yeah, and there were scenes where we saw them almost with compassion, the filmmakers, you know, saying, um, if it hurts, you just say the safe word and we can stop this and da-da-da. But then they did come down hard on her when she quit in the middle of a scene because it was too much mm -hmm. for her. Yeah, so we saw that side. I do think it was a realistic depiction of the porn industry, but it still left me feeling almost like I've seen it before. Yeah, I like the way it was shot. She was terrific. I like the way it was shot. Everything about it was, I like the music too. But uh, ultimately, um, I don't know. I just thought it was um, good. Yeah, I don't disagree. It, it was good, not great. Yeah. 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 And I was even with the, the ending too. And we knew that, you know, uh, spoiler alert when she's remember she's in the car stop the car i want to get out which i guess was a um a metaphor that she was giving up it wasn't for her and going home is that what that left you with yes yeah, yeah. yeah. which uh really i think the, the reality is with the outfit she was wearing she gets out of that car in the middle of los <laughs> angeles she's, she's really yeah. i don't i don't know if she's gonna make it back to sweden yeah yeah I'd give her a couple hundred dollars if I was driving down that street. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's all you'd give her. Um, <laughs> yeah. So well, I, what did you well, think? So is it, um, what are your money shots? From yeah. The money, you know, this is going to surprise you. I like my money shot because you've heard me say, it was almost like my mantra that by definition, Robert, a money shot often frequently is at the end you know, the last few moments of a movie, it's that aha moment. I'm going to flip it this time. My money shot is the first 12 seconds of the movie. The very beginning when she's at LAX going through customs and the customs clerk says, you know, why are you here? What's your name? Are you here for business or pleasure? 
And she says the word pleasure, but the way she says it, the way she says it with that almost a slight wry smile, just, I thought that was really an effective moment. It's crazy. Out of this whole film, Robert, seeing women on leashes, wearing collars, double penetration, all this incredible sex, but it was that opening and the way she said pleasure that just said something to me. Hmm. <laughs> you're surprised, huh? No, I thought I know what you're talking about because it was memorable the way that you they do. You said know what it. scene I'm? Yeah, you're talking about. Her facial expression was incredible. Yeah, almost. Well, I think the whole time in, in the whole movie, she definitely had a uh, kind of a put upon look on her face, like her eyes. When, were always not at half mast, but they were never, mm -hmm. she was never shocked or surprised or anything like that. Just the facial expression that she made. Um, do you know what RBF is? No. Resting bitch face. Yes. Yeah. So and she you know has what? like constant has, RBF. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting how people, but I have... think, I think my money shot would be toward the end. You know, there were a few scenes in this movie that really, they could have been, the whole thing could have been avoided by better communication. And that always bothers me. You know how there's a lot of movies that uh, people have, it, like they'll they'll say, all right, this movie uh, from 1994 never would have happened today because a cell phone would have cleared this whole thing up. And, and even movies today, there's a lot of writing that's being done in order to get rid of a cell phone. And people are, are not in um in, mm -hmm. in cell phone reception area or their battery dies or something like that so there's always this work that's being done to take the magic box of a cell phone out of the picture and um i i think the same way of just like a real quick line or a quick moment of communication would have solved a lot of the problems for example um bella's friend has gotten into a fight earlier with this this man she like pushed in a pool what well, turns out that he winds up being a last minute replacement right. for another actor and so the she winds up having to fuck this guy and he's doing all these things to kind of uh to to screw with her and make it a lot harder of a shoot for yes. her all that needs to happen when the director shows up and says hey there's been a last minute cancellation the guy that we did have uh is not here but we got one of the best in the industry what's his name caesar whatever so yeah. caesar's here all they need to do is say, look, we can't do it with Caesar. We've got history with this guy, and it, it's not good. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's all that needs to happen. But then you'd be removing one of the greatest scenes of the movie. <laughs> By the way, that was a good segment. I like that piece in the film. But you're but right. What I'm Realistically. What would have happened is they would have just said, not Caesar. Sorry, we have problems with Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't ask us this. And so, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we can't do it or, Hey, look, I'll do it, but she can't like she and he have a history together. This is not cool that you just sprung this on us and you, you changed the set on us. Um, and we have problems with him. Right. And there you go. And then right. all of a sudden the whole, the whole situation gets kind of explained away. There's no drama. Everybody's feelings are still intact and everything. Yes, but we would have missed the scene of her licking the, his boots, his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that wasn't my money shot. Right. My money You're shot right. it's not is terribly um, realistic. Well, my my money shot is at the toward the end of the movie. Uh, there's there's been this big hot model that the entire time Bella has been 
kind of idolizing and she finally yeah. gets to do a big scene with her and they uh have her put a strap on on and she winds up basically raping this girl and right. she's having sex with her with a strap on and everyone's watching she's really going for it and she's like uh, having sex with her in a way that everyone is kind of whoa man this is getting really gnarly and it cuts to them in the limo afterward on the way home and bella kind of turns to her and says i'm sorry that's right and the girl who got raped was like for what (laughs) and just kind of like what are you talking about and i I, that is gonna be my money shot i really like the line i like the moment you like that yeah yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It was like, yeah. hey, I'm yeah. I'm sorry for, for raping you. Why? What are you talking about? You, you didn't rape me. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that, that Bella, wasn't the line, but... Right, right. And Bella had a certain motivation to go hard with that brunette uh, because the brunette didn't want to go down on Bella uh, because her, her pussy had a smell and probably had an infection of some kind, remember? And that was like starting that up. And uh, Bella strapped on a dildo and went at it. Yeah, and I, I think there too, there's another moment of communication would have solved a lot of right, this stuff. Right. I, w- I mean, if she had said that, I would have been like, hey, first of all, you don't need to be so unprofessional. If that's the case, why don't you come to me about that instead of announcing it in front of the entire crew? That could be potentially embarrassing instead of shout- shouting this out in front of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, again, she the movie had a great look. I like the way it was shot, and obviously she was terrific. And uh, yeah, it was um, good. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good movie. It was good. Yeah, was it anti wave? I know, I know. I let me kick this off. Um, me with my my signature question about who's the protagonist. Well, she is Bella. Does she get what she wants at the end? I would say yes. She just doesn't realize. I, I think what she wants is she wants she wants happiness. I mean, she does. She gets everything that she wants. Actually, well, she gets everything that she wants. And when she realizes that she doesn't want it anymore, she wants out. And then she gets that too. Right. So, so she, I would she, say yeah, she gets everything she wants. Yeah, because she modifies her dream, her purpose. But she she achieved her dream. She achieved it sort of, and then she realizes it's not for her. Right. So, yes, she gets everything yeah. she wants. Yeah, yeah. Which would suggest, um, which would suggest, well, not terribly anti-wave. I want to ask you about three acts. Did you feel this was a three-act movie? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> kind of. Well, it's definitely got some segments to it. Like, it's kind yeah. of episodic because of the nature of of what she does for a living. You know, it's all these porn shoots. And so you could... Each porn shoot is kind of representative of a different style of porn film. You know, there's the bondage, there's the, um, you know, the the interracial. There's like there's all of these different porn shoots that she goes on at you know the AVN awards, things like that. There's all these little segments, but I do think that yeah, it felt like very much a a three act structure. She winds up 
becoming involved in the industry to begin with. She wants to achieve something higher, and so she leaves her old stomping grounds in order to achieve that, kind of stretches out on her own. And then there's this big conflict with her friend ruining it for her and kind of costing her that position. And so she has to leave her friends and then she self-actualizes. Yeah, I'd say it's a three-act structure. Right, right, yeah. So again, with these two elements, not terribly anti-wave, but obviously we have to address the uh, the tremendous amount of raw sex in this film. And that would suggest um, an anti-wave score. Is there sex what do you in think? What do you, th- <laughs> what do you think on the anti-wave? What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean... I feel like it's if you took the sex out of it, it would not be um, nearly as anti-wave. So the sex right. is really pushing it in the other direction. Right. Um, we should say that it is a Swedish film. I mean, it's shot in America. It's mostly American actors, except for the main actress. Um, mm-hmm. But it was written and directed by a Swede. You know, there's a European influence to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you could feel that. You could feel the European influence in the film. Yeah, yeah. I think I would say, I'm going to put it right dead even at a five. Yeah, yeah. Nah, me too. Me too. Yeah, for all those reasons. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, pleasure. Hey, what did you see this kind week? an ironic title, yes? I suppose so. <laughs> what did you see this week? Ah, Gotta tell you. No, that's the wrong one. Some are old, some are new. We now, we now present the Week in Review. But first, Robert... Is anyone like avgearguy.com? Present- Let me finish my sentence. Wait. You go ahead. avgearguy.com has over 30 tell. years in the business of transferring all of your non-digital media over to digital. This is all of your old slides, your home movies, your negatives. Uh, send those over to avgearguy.com and he'll transfer them for you. Yeah. Yeah, well said. And we're we're both clients of his. He's a great guy, state-of-the-art equipment, extremely reasonably priced, less expensive than Costco. And if you mention our website, if you mention this podcast, 5% discount off of what's on his website, avgearguy.com. Okay, you go first. Okay. Um, I have there's a couple things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, yeah. I saw Hoosiers. Hadn't seen that in a while. Hold be well pretty good pretty decent um i saw a great movie called stillwater uh this is a movie of um matt damon plays a um a man who works on an oil rig and he winds up going to france because his daughter has been convicted of a crime of uh murder and he winds up going to france to kind of you know help her He, he visits her and while he's there she she thinks she has a clue into who committed the crime and she has maintained her innocence this entire time. So he's kind of trying to help her figure out where this person is that committed the crime. And in the process, he winds up just kind of relocating to France. He meets a new family and kind of falls in love with this uh, woman and her daughter. And he find a, he finds a, a home for himself in France. And he's, uh, uh, you know, working on an oil rig in, in Oklahoma. So this is very kind of uh, foreign to him, this idea of living in, in France and speaking French. And his this new love of his life is an actress. And he's like, I've never been to a movie or to a play theater before or something like mm. that. He's, all of this stuff is kind of brand new for him. And 
he's kind of a fuck up. So it's a really interesting story. And I was really, really taken with it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a really beautiful, interesting film. Uh, but what I wanted to talk to you about most. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but I'm sure that you will. I want to talk about A Christmas Story Christmas. Have you seen it? No. This is different from you know a about it though, story. right? A Christmas Story it's a Christmas. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the sequel to Christmas Story. Oh, that's right. Um, we even talked about that last year that it was in the works. It was a sequel to a Christmas yeah, so, Story. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's, it's now already out and you saw it? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been out for a little while. I didn't know that. They should have released it. It's on it HBO. Christmas. Yeah. Well, I think they're releasing it in preparation for Christmas. Right. And this is the story of uh of is it is it Ralphie? Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah. yeah. Uh he is now an adult and still played by the same actors, largely this the same cast. Uh not everybody, you yeah, know, yeah. some of them are no longer not, alive, not Darren so McGavin. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh so but they did he did make some cameos in the movie in terms of flashbacks. So he mm. is, you hear his voice, you see his image and it's how do I say this? It's, this is obviously kind of a cash in on the brand of Christmas story. And really the only reason to watch it is to say, Oh yeah, there's the, the same actor that we're all grown up now and kind of, Oh yeah, I remember that from the first movie. But I have to say, there's a couple of moments that really kind of got to me. And I turned over to, to Joanna, and Joanna was doing the same thing of like, that's really sweet. Like, kind of getting a little choked up. It was. There were a couple of moments that were really good. Now, for the most part, it is not good. It's, um, it's derivative. It's like it's just it's the same schlock that we've seen before. Only, I don't know. There's, it feels a little cheap because they're kind of doing the same kind of gags but we've seen them before better more inspired but now i'm not i don't know i'd like for you to watch this movie because i want to talk to you about i would it. like to see it. i remember it was either one christmas ago or maybe two christmases ago on a podcast you saw a christmas story and you actually said it's it's like a perfect movie it really is i i remember such you a, said that yeah yeah it, well i mean I, I used to watch it every year for christmas yeah yeah, and it it really does capture everything that needs to be captured within a Christmas movie. It's it's about Christmas, and yet it's also before Christmas and and adventures that aren't necessarily Christmas related. You know, sticking your tongue mm-hmm. on the flagpole. Mm-hmm. It really has nothing to do with Christmas, but it's a Christmas time. You know, uh, thing that happened, and I, I don't know. I, I guess like. That movie really holds up well. Yeah. It's a bunch of skits, essentially. Yes. You know, these yes. are all like interconnected little skits. Yeah. Uh, Ovaltine, the BB gun. Yeah. But the, I guess what I'm trying to say is it is a, it's a memory and that there's even a running narration, but that's what memories are. It's a collection of these little vignettes of, of things that happen that you kind of stitch together through time and, and it felt very real. It felt like, hey, remember that one Christmas where everything crazy happened? Remember this happened and then this happened and this happened? You know, that's how memory works. It, it felt very personable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd be curious to watch it. Yeah. 
The first one or the second one? Both. I was referring to the second one. Well, you know, they did make a Christmas story too. They did? That was a while back. Yeah, it was like a few years later. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. They came back for that one? Well, I don't I don't know. I don't think I ever saw it, but I know that they I know they did. I know they made one. And then I know they made a summer one as well. It wasn't Christmas story. Mm, no. What would that be called? What would a holiday, a 4th of July story? <laughs> All right. That's what you saw, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. So there's, uh, did you ever see Money Train? Yeah, there's, money there's train. A, the one with a, a reteaming of of Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. Yeah, you liked it. I can hear it in your voice. I I think I have good feelings or good memories about it, but I I saw it in the theater when it came out, so I haven't yeah. seen it since. Then. Yeah. I don't remember very much. Well, it's a reteaming of these two guys from White Men Can't Jump, and Robert Blake is in it too. I don't know. I just thought it was it was okay. A bigger disappointment for me, you know how much I loved A Quiet Place. Remember the original one a couple years back? And Mm -hmm. uh, I finally got around to seeing part two with Emily Blunt, um, who I still have a crush on. Of course, we all know that her husband wrote it and directed it, both the original and the sequel. And it was was good. It's one of those movies just good. Yeah. I I actually felt that the novelty of the first movie, it all wore off that, well, we've seen this before. And um, and they leave the encampment and go into the real world, and it's it's really more of the same. And it was just um, it was just okay. But here's what I want to tell you: This is I kind of fell in love with a little movie. Have you ever seen, heard of, or seen um, Ramen Girl with Brittany Murphy? Ramen Girl? No. Yeah. Um, it's it's a sweet film. A girl who's dumped by the boyfriend. Uh, in in New York, and then she starts working at this restaurant where they prepare this this delicacy, and she starts working there. And it's it parts of it are kind of mystical and sweet, and she realizes that the boyfriend doesn't matter. Sounds a little cliche, doesn't it? But I still liked it. I'm not done with it. I only watched like seventy five percent of it. I'm going to watch the rest of it later tonight. But um, I was curious about Brittany Murphy, and you know she died in an in an odd way. No, I don't think anyone's quite sure about what happened to her. She's uh, quite young. You you know who she is, right? Who she was. No, I've never heard of her. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they don't know. They don't know what caused her, her demise, but um, Ramen Girl. Well, they, they do. They talked about that. I remember I talked about this in the documentary. You should watch that documentary about her. It's a documentary about her? There is. Wait, yeah. Uh... Yeah, remember there's like a two or three part documentary. I brought it up and yeah, was yeah. kind of telling you about how the she got sick. She got everyone thought that at first it was um it was mold and then that carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. No, no, no. How everyone thought it was mold and then that touched off the whole black mold fear where everyone was like, "Oh, black mold is in your house." And they like renovated their whole house after she died and got rid of all the black mold. But then the husband died of the same thing that she died of maybe right. six months later. That's right. And it was basically just like she got pneumonia and didn't go to the hospital. She just didn't take care of herself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a, uh, 
So, My Summer Story was the name of the Christmas Story sequel. And did you know? So Gene Shepard, um, it's based on his writing. Right. And Bob Clark directed this one as well. So directed he, by the same director as the original Christmas Story. And this one stars uh, Charles Grodin as the old man. And hmm. Mary Steenburgen as the mom. And Kieran Culkin, so Macaulay Culkin's brother, he played Ralphie. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we know that story about Bob Clark and how this movie came to be. The original one. Remember that? That he... Um, yeah, Porky's. The, the studio, yeah, made a deal with him. If he would do, direct Porky's, he would do... Yeah, he wanted to do Christmas Story. Um, interesting. Hey, one more real fast. I just want to tell you... Um, there was again on TV a few nights ago, Aaron Brockovich. I know it's directed by your guy, and it's 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 the best thing Julia Roberts has ever done. It's a really, really good movie. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of anything that she's done that's better. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. Pretty Woman was she was really good in Pretty Woman, but I actually think this is the better movie. I think it she's didn't better in this movie. As much. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's what I saw. I mean, you know how with Changeling, we say that that's the best movie Angelina Jolie ever did, Changeling. Yeah. And I'm making the same statement here with Aaron Brockovich that for Julia Roberts, this is this is the best. What thing about Salt? What about Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Smith? I like those movies you're rattling off. I thought those were really fun popcorn movies. Yeah, yeah, hmm. but not no Changeling. Anyway, that's what I saw this week. What was so good about Changeling? I'm not sure where you, uh well, what was good about it? The story, the cinematography. I liked the way it was shot. I thought it was a fascinating premise, a true story. Hmm. You're setting me up to say something, aren't you? No, I was just wanting to know what was good about it. No, there's more. No, I think I think it's the best thing Clint Eastwood ever directed. Listen, I if I wanted to set something up, I don't need to use Changeling as an excuse. Excuse, yeah, you're right. You never have to offer an excuse with me ever. Nope, no excuse, no excuse. Hey, you know what, Robert? Speaking of which, it's time for in the news. Come on, come <laughs> on. That sounds like a suicide pact. In I the think news. I'm getting better at this. Yeah, you are getting better. I, I have to go. Uh, <laughs> by the way, um, real quick, uh, you mentioned this to me, and I, I was already fully aware of it. Elizabeth Holmes, that wonderful documentary we both like a lot about the blood machine. Um, mm -hmm. 11, 11 years in prison. Couldn't have happened to a nicer lady. I. It, <laughs> it was so. Yeah, it's supposed to be a feature film, remember? But that hasn't happened yet. With Jennifer Lawrence, who I can see playing that part. But, um, yeah, it's quite an interesting documentary. So 11 years in prison. But that's not the main thing. I got an interesting story for you in the news. You ready? Go for it. On Saturday Night Live last weekend, Dave Chappelle. Well, he hosted and he spoke. And it got a very, very strong reaction in large part from the Jewish community. And I have the quotes here, what he said. By the way, did you watch the show? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, he said in a quote here, I've been to Hollywood and this is just what I saw. He said during his uh, opening monologue, 
it's a lot of Jews. Like, a lot. All right. People were laughing. Other people were cringing at that. Um, by the way, this, it was the highest rating, of course, with 4.8 million viewers and so on. The Anti-Defamation League was quick to denounce Chappelle's act, calling it anti-Semitic. And I want to say to you, Robert, I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. He's right. He's right. There are so you weren't offended? No. There are a lot of Jewish people in, in, in the entertainment industry. And people are saying, well, he's doing just what Kanye West did, the same thing. And, and I mean, I did some research on this, and I heard this to be true when I was younger. It was explained to me about so many Jewish people in the movie industry when it was founded that the reason that happened was because of all these Jews who came from Eastern Europe um, with uh, Zucker and, and William Fox, Louis B. Mayer and all these people and Benjamin Warner, that they were allowed in an industry that didn't have barriers of Jews weren't allowed. So it was right. easy for them to get involved at the foundation of the move, motion picture industry. But that's the reason. that That's why it happened. Um, I don't think it was anti-Semitic to say that. There are a lot of them. At any rate, yeah, a lot of Jewish people were cringing. If his at that. comment is that there are a lot, why is that a problem? I mean, if I know there are, if there are a lot, and we should put them into ovens and kill them, that seems like a different issue. <laughs> well, I'd even be okay with that. No, sorry, but yeah, yeah. So I think it's, I do think it's an overreaction. Yeah. So I've got all this stuff in hell, and again, you already know this to be true that at that time Hollywood provided a low barrier to entry for enterprising businessmen that didn't have the guardrails established uh, keeping mm -hmm. Jewish people out. And that's mm -hmm. how it got started. Plus the fact that Jewish people are smart and creative. Boom. <laughs> it's all stored in their nose, right? The creativity. <laughs> it's like a unicorn's horn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert said that. I didn't, just for the record. Oh, yes. Can't wait to see next week's letters. There you have it. Yeah, yeah. So that's in that's the it. News. You got one news story, and it has to do with no, the Jews. No, and two. We talked about the blood lady going to prison for eleven years, and uh -huh. uh, Dave Chappelle, all about the uh, Jewish people in the motion picture industry. All right. What? That's not. Oh, you're disappointed. I had three items last week. This week I have two. <laughs> all right. Next week I'll have three. Jeez. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, who died this week? Yeah, yeah. Got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people that entered to dust. You know, we didn't lose that many people. So again, I'm putting out a call to all those people in the entertainment industry to hurry up and die. So I'll have someone to talk about. We lost uh, David English, a 76-year-old British actor. He was in A Bridge Too Far. Veronica Hurst, 91-year-old English actress. And she was in a movie called The Maze and Laughter in Paradise. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to surprise you on this with the coroner's corner. And it, it, it's not going to Gene Hackman, gone. Dick Van Dyke, gone. Mel Brooks, gone. And Pepe Le Pew, gone. But this struck a nerve with a lot of people that we did lose Robert Clary, 96-year-old French-American actor who most people associate with Hogan's heroes. You know who he was, right, Robert? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And he did, obviously, TV and other soap operas, but he was in a number of films as well. He was actually... In, he was a Holocaust survivor. He was Jewish, uh, deported Nazi Germany to camps, and uh, and he was in Buchenwald. And he was severely you know, criticized. It, 
What? It seems like all these hol- the Holocaust survivors. Yes. I mean, it's just like Hollywood. There's just Jews everywhere. <laughs> you know what's like? God. like everywhere you turn, anytime you talk about a Holocaust survivor, they're Jewish. Like, seriously? Oh, all of them? Yeah, yeah. You know, right now, the three Ethiopians are putting their palm up to their forehead, shaking their head in disbelief. By the way, he did do movies, and I want to say that he was in the movie called The Hindenburg, 1975, which was a plot about blowing up the German airship um, and so on. It was a, a, a piece of fiction, but it was still a highly regarded film that he was in. And he was heavily criticized for being in Hogan's Heroes, which was not a concentration camp, but it was a POW camp, having being, being Jewish himself, having been in a concentration camp. So he got a lot of flack for that. There you go again, that kind of reaction. But uh, he died. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there hey, you go. Celebrity birthdays for the week, the yin and yang of life. We got three for you. You ready? Sally yeah. Field, the 76. Wow. Gidget turned 76. Martin Scorsese is, uh, is 80. And Brenda Vaccaro, 83 years old. Brenda Vaccaro. We wish them. Brenda Vaccaro. Yes, you know who she is. No, who is she? Oh, she's a she's a well-established actor, ha- actress having won the Golden Globe, a lot of accolades, both on Broadway as well as uh, television and feature films. And let's not forget, she was in 30 Love. What's that? What's 30 Love? Ah, oh, that's a movie you might be interested in, in purchasing by going to our site of 30lovefilm.com. And you can see Brenda oh. acting at the storm along with you. I'm in it also. In fact, we wrote it together. And uh, 30lovefilm.com. And if anyone wants to purchase that, it actually has hundreds of hours of you and me talking. We're talking about the narration commentary. It also includes deleted scenes. If you want more of Robert and Ira, oh, yeah, 30lovefilm.com. I'm I'm pretty sure you said hundreds of hours. I knew you were going to catch. I I don't think it was hundreds. Yeah, I don't think. But it does have deleted scenes. I mean, it feels like hundreds of hours. (laughs) And there you have it. That's our dead corner and the uh, candle corner. All right. Uh, You want to do some top five? And hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. All right. Our top five this week is top five. In over their head movies. I like in that. In over their head movies. They're in over their head movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think, think we have to. I, I think someone could argue that. I think almost any any movie could be argued yeah. that someone is yeah. in over their head. So I, I will admit that this feels a little like, well, what does that mean exactly? But you know what? There's some movies where it just really feels like someone is in over their head and that's the kind of movie it is. So I, that's what I selected. Absolutely. Yes. These are but I, I'm that, with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of conflict, character conflict that they're in over their head. I know. And by the way, I was thinking yeah. about this too. In The topic is in over their head movies, or as we also should call it, any Coen brothers film festival. <laughs> Cause if you really think I'm about so it, Robert, you said that I, yes. <laughs> Cause if you really think I was, I think about this shit at three in the morning. I do. And I was going through the Coen brothers movies. I'm going to make the argument that almost every one of them really fits this. Yes. You're yes. thinking the same thing, huh? Yes. Yes. And I, I was like, man, I could just limit this to Coen brothers and have, it I know. 
Yes, yes. That's funny. So now the question is, do you have a Coen Brothers movie in your top five? Well, you know, I thought about it and I was like, some of these mm-hmm. Coen Brothers movies, I wind up putting in there too much. So mm-hmm. I decided to not put them in. Uh, but I'm not sure if I was really being objective, I think I probably would have put them in. Yes, yes. I mean, going back to the okay, early well, ones, even like Blood Simple, you know, all of them, they yeah. really are in you know, over their head. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who's going to kick this off? You go ahead. I am? Okay. It's a movie we spoke about before. I'm going to give you a couple of hints. I think it's one of the rare, very few comedies Martin Scorsese directed. Oh, uh, the uh, I know which one. Um, yeah. With Rupert. Yeah. Uh, Pupkin, uh, what's it called? Uh, not King of... King of Comedy. No. King of no, Queens? What's no. it called? King. No, 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 no. Griffin Dunn is in this movie. He stars in it. Who is American Werewolf, remember, in London? Uh, after Hours. Oh, After you, Hours. You remember After Hours, right? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Scorsese's done a couple of comedies. Yeah, I guess those are the two. Can you think of any besides that and King of Comedy? That, I think well, I mean, Goodfellas and <laughs> Casino. <laughs> I think it's rare when he directs a comedy, but After Hours... Taxi way, Driver the year... was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Year of After Hours being 1986. Five. Boy, you're really consistent with that one year off, aren't you? Um, <laughs> this, this, well, you are. But this movie had quite an effect on me and, and getting the phone call at midnight to go out and meet a girl and things just unravel and he gets in over his head. And uh, it's, it's quite an interesting romp, that movie. After Hours, my number five. My number five is uh, a movie about a, <laughs> a guy up, uh, I think, I think it was kind of billed as there's no talking in this movie, but there is a couple of lines that were actually said. You and I both love this movie. 2013, Robert Redford is sailing a boat all by himself, and then oh! all is lost. That's the and, one with um, the title. He's in over his head. Him. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. is lost. It. Yeah. The whole what a movie. Whole voyage just gets worse and worse and worse for him. And uh, boy, oh boy. All is lost. That's my number an five. An underappreciated film. Severely underappreciated. He was damn good in that film. It's a very good movie. It's fantastic, yeah. yeah. With the title that what we always got? forget. Yeah. All right. Number four is Collateral with Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx. Okay. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Jamie Foxx, he's in over his head. Um by the way, your your director, Michael Mann, yeah, of Heat fame, right? He directed that. Mm-hmm. And uh, gorgeous cinematography showing right where you live, downtown L.A., with that, with that, that look. It's just a beautiful film, and it's it's quite compelling. The year being 2020, what, what, what? Oh, oh. 2006. Four. 2004. Four? Collateral. Yeah, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, four. Um Jamie's character is certainly in over his head. Go ahead. In 2006, uh, maybe this is why I said 2006. In 2006, I can't believe it's been this long. It it feels like it was much more recent. Scorsese finally got his Oscar for The Departed. Did you see The Departed? 
You know what, Robert? I never saw the film. Wait, we should put That's that a shame, on. That'd be I really, I really do think it was one of his best, if not his best. I think it's a fantastic yeah. movie. Do you know the yeah. premise of the movie? I don't. Do tell. So it's actually a remake of a, a an Asian film, but it's a it's about how the mafia uh, has in Boston has basically raised this one guy to become a cop, but he's actually an informant for the mafia so that they can, they have a man on the inside. And at the same time, the, the uh, Boston police have a, a guy who's applied to be part of the, the police force and they put him undercover to be part of the mafia. So they each have someone who's under like undercover in each other's midst. And they're trying to figure out who the mole is. And for both of them, it's getting in over their head. Uh, It's a really interesting film because they're, they're trying to play both sides and you know, the, the police are trying to play the mafia and the mafia is trying to play the police. It's, it's a really, Mm -hmm. Um, it's a really good movie that holds up well. Yeah. I should see it. Very much in over their heads. I can't believe you haven't seen that. No, never seen it. Hmm. Maybe that's one we can take out of the vault someday soon. Yeah. 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 Good. What do you got? My, my number three, uh, Michael Douglas. And, Black Rain. Um, <laughs> that how I said I saw that in the theater. The game. The game. How? The game. That's a good one. That's really good. I like that one a lot. Um, Directed by uh, Fincher. And uh, we've often said that um, Fincher's, our favorite movie of his is Zodiac. But I put the game right up there too, you know? It's it's quite a movie. And it's very, very well done. And uh, the year being 1997. Yes. Good. Finally got one. I love that one. I love that one. Yeah, you nailed that one. Good. The game, my number three. What do you got? 1948. Whoa. He directed a movie about a man whose bicycle is stolen, and he then attempts to go find the person who steals his bike. Um, A... uh, Italian neo-renaissance film classic bicycle thieves uh did you ever watch it or not i know no. i it to you but i think you never you, watched it I, right? I never watched it i'm ready to watch it and it's it, it, i need to see this film i need to see this i should By the way, make you watch this yeah yeah you know it's interesting with the title because i've noticed that some people refer it singularly and others are plural is it thief or thieves it is thieves That's- uh, but it got it, it the translation of it it wound up being transferred thief. over to the yeah. bicycle thief for the longest time right. and then people who were purists said you know it's actually called bicycle thieves we should correct this and so i think more modern audiences call it correctly as bicycle thieves but he is in over his head he's trying to find who has stolen this bicycle from him and he just he can't the whole um culture of of like the criminal underworld it's just too much for him Nice. Nice. I do like this category we're doing. All right. Mm. My number two. You ready? Yep. I like my number two a lot. The conversation. 
the conversation. I looked at the conversation. Yeah, I I really thought about that for a minute. That's a great. Did one. you? Yeah, I like this one a lot. And um, the character's name Harry Call C C A U L, and it was just this whole thing about man about losing it, and he was in over his head, and it's a, a mental breakdown. We watched this happen. Um, Francis Ford Coppola, he directed it. Lens by Haskell Wexler. It was an important film. A lot of people are in that film. Highly recommended. Conversation of the year being 1970. I want to say 72, but that's too early. I'm going to say 74. Bingo. Wow, you got two this time, Robert. Wow. Yeah. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman at his best. Harrison Ford, Cindy Williams. That's got quite a quite a cast in there. Good. That's definitely in over your head movie. What you got? My number two. Would would you agree that if you were in New York City and every single gang member all in Los in in, uh, in New York City was out to kill you, that that would Warriors. probably make you in over your head? Warriors. Yes. 1979 Walter Hill classic, The Warriors. <laughs> you're right. Why does that make me laugh? But you're right. You're right. Yeah, they're in over their head, man. I'll say. Got to get I'll back say. to Coney Island. Yeah. 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 That's really good, Robert. That's good. Yeah. I, I The nice. Warriors, I, it should not work. It should. I mean, it's it's bad, but it's good. I don't know. understand why it's. Man, that movie. It's like. It's slow in certain places. It needs to be remade, but yet don't touch that classic. It's, I don't know. Warriors is so awesome. Robert, is it, could you make the arguments a little bit campy in today's standards? Yes. A little bit? Campy? Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, there's yeah, a bunch of guys yeah. with face makeup and baseball bats as yeah. weapons. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, over the top campy. Yeah. I like that. That's really good. Cool. What's your number one? All right. My number one. Yep. I'm real proud of this list. Training Day. I had a I, Yeah, I loved this film. Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke. There, he, Denzel got the Academy Award for it, for actor. And mm-hmm. uh, Ethan was deserving of it too. And wow, was Ethan's character in over his head. I know I spoke before about the, the poker game in the kitchen. Remember that, Robert? Playing poker yep. in the kitchen and what's going on here and losing control. And he definitely, Ethan's character was so very much in over his head. That's my number one. Year of Training Day is 2020, and it's oh, 2001, oh right? Yeah, yeah. Very good. Robert, do you realize you nailed the year three? Three out of my five, you wow. nailed the year. I don't think you've ever done that before. Cool. That's my number one. What you got? Well, my number one is a movie that I might have mentioned before, but it hasn't been on my, too many of my top five, but I know I've talked about it. Uh, in 2007, it's a documentary uh, oh. called Skid Row. And this is a documentary about Praz. So Praz is a, uh, he's one of the performers from the, the band Fugees. And he went undercover as a homeless person on Skid Row. And there was a documentary that was made about it. And it really v- very quickly began to, spiral out of control where he was in over his head he thought that they were going to kill him uh because he thought that they thought that he was bringing police 
in and trying to infiltrate the Skid Row homeless drug uh, ring that was that's being still, I guess, perpetuated down there. So it's a really great documentary that not only talks about his time uh, as a homeless person, but also just kind of the homelessness situation in Los Angeles. It's a fantastic wow. documentary. Skid Row. Does he live at the end? I'm sorry? Does he live at the end? Does he make it out alive? I guess you'll have to find out. I have to watch the movie. Yeah, he's still and find alive. Out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, he, he didn't die. No. I thought maybe he died on the streets, you know? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Hey, um, I have a couple extras. Of course, I have a bunch of uh, Coen Brothers movies. I know. Uh, I know. No Country for Old Men, for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, Fargo. I mean, yes. William Robert H. Basty in Fargo is constantly yes. in over his yes. head. He's so. Yes. He's brilliant in that movie. He's really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, you know, I also wanted to mention a movie that I, I was really close to putting in my top five, but I'm not quite sure it was so in over his head, but he was for sure. That uh, The Girl Next Door. Do you remember this? This is the high school movie about the porno star who comes and uh, moves in next door to him. I and sure then her, like, her agent pimp comes and comes to retrieve her and he's in over his yeah. head he's like trying to fight with this yes older yeah. man that's like yeah you know about to like sell him into the porn industry and he's like what are you doing i'm gonna fuck you up that was a really good movie yep 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 what do you nice. got any other scoops i have uh i have fargo down big lebowski um blue velvet uh you know, North by Northwest, definitely. Oh, yeah. In. Great. That's a, you know what? I, I vacillated. I, maybe I should have put that in my top five, but there's your classic in over your head movie, North by Northwest. He doesn't even know what the hell's going on most of the movie. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, the Man with One Red Shoe. That was that Tom Hanks movie. And uh, maybe. Right. That's a good one. Romance. Yeah. True romance. And that was also. based on a French film as well, right? That's right. Yeah. Which had a similar title with different colors like the the what was it called the, the man with one rouge shoe no it was like slight, a couple words here and there were changed but yeah. it's the same yeah the tall yeah, man with one green thing. shoe something like that anyway um that's what i have in the way of scoops yeah good well if anybody has any uh movies where people are in over their head what can they do well, what what should they do no they should reach out to us how probably through our email which is Robert at AntiwayPodcast.com or don't you love my my powerful delivery the way I go how <laughs> which is hmm? yeah, I believe yeah, it every you. time <laughs> all right I'm sorry where were we oh which is uh, and slash and, or that's where we were oh, and slash or Ira and AntiwayPodcast.com or you can reach out to us through Twitter or Instagram. Our handle there is at AntiWavePod. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Yes, we are. Just like the number of dicks and Belichary's asshole. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we are all over the place. Find us on Google Podcast Music. Uh, we're on Spotify. Uh, we're all. We're on iTunes. Uh, go to our website and write a review. Throw a, and review. Throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, next week. What, what are, are we watch? doing next week? What, what, what? Next Do tell. Week, we're going to watch 
the talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, I, Robert, I've been wanting to, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. What a cast. What a, even Gwyneth Paltrow, who I'm not particularly fond of. She's in this movie. I hear she's terrific. A lot of good people oh, yeah, in she, this movie. She does a double anal scene that's really good. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it tonight. <laughs> uh, let's give producer Joey a round of applause. Joey! Woo, 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 woo. Cool. Nice hey, job, Robert. Ira. Well, thanks, yeah. buddy. What, what, what do you want to do now, huh? Let's wrap up the show, Ira. Mm. So until next time, keep point. watching you movies. Want, you want to leave, don't you? All right, just go, go. I feel so used. And we'll help you sort them out. <laughs> like everywhere you turn, anytime you're talking about a Holocaust survivor, they're Jewish. Like, seriously? All of them?